job transitions are scary sometimes. And so when we land that dream job, that perfect job, we want to celebrate. We don't want to give that job up for anything. But what if you find out that that dream job isn't the dream job for you? You're listening to Courageous Wordsmith, episode number 32. This podcast presents conversation with and for real-life creatives on how we find and keep walking our unique paths. I'm your host, Amy Hallberg. Welcome to my world. Today, I'm talking with Sasha Mobley, who landed that dream job only to discover it wasn't for her. So I met you at a business gathering sort of thing. We were talking about our businesses. And at that point, you were going it alone. And it's only been two months. And since then, you've taken on a really big new position. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's kind of crazy because after I decided to end my last gig, I was like, okay, I have got to build a business. I, I've you know, I've had a, I've had my business as a side gig for uh, like five years, and I'm like, okay, well, how do I turn my side gig into my full time gig? So, I'm thinking of like you know ideas. I have all these certifications. Like, what do I want to do? What feels good? And what is going to build me a workday that feels fulfilling, not lonely? And so, like, there's all this high order stuff. And in the meantime, there's like all the background stuff you need for a business. Can you just, before you move on, can you just tell me like some, what are some of these certifications just so somebody listening would know? Okay. So I have a, a, my first certification was with Martha Beck and who, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Life coach. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And that was, and that was enough to make me realize that I needed more training. Mm-hmm. So I got that certification and then I went and I was like, well, what, what's helped me in the past? What has been meaningful? Now I got Myers-Briggs because one of my, my good friends was a Myers-Briggs coach and we had some very good conversations about it. And the model I think is pretty strong, but I, then I got my strengths finder certification, Clifton strengths. And that for me was like a really pivotal coaching model. I'm a great believer in people's talents and genius. And it feels very meaningful to help connect people with their native talents to how they can, you know, change everything about how they do their work, how they show up at work, how they approach the problems of their life. You can, if you can tie your talents back to it, you can create really a strong, meaningful life out of it. And the most recent certification I have is I'm a master facilitator of navigating challenging dialogue. My, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, does that sound familiar? So my mentor, Beth Watson, she was my mentor and my coach before I got my certification. And I was in kind of the hot fat fryer of suffering in my job. And it had, it all had to do with performance reviews. And she's like, would you like some, would you like some coaching around that? And so I unspooled my story around it and she stripped it all away to, you know, like what the, what the facts were around it. And my problem was I was really spun up about the process But it was a part of my job that was just so hard for me to deal with emotionally. So she had, she was developing navigating challenging dialogue into a product. So her using the process on me and it was really powerful. 
And so I was able to go through that process and I came through it on the other side and I'm like, okay, I have choices. I have decisions I can make that are not based on my projection, my angst, what my opinion about my boss is, you know, whether he's whatever he is or not. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, she invited me to the first training. And so I went to that training it was like three or four days long and I just really connected with the material. So she, over the course of the year, like invited me to come out and, you know, like coach in the room with her to help conduct trainings. And so there was some there, there, right. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this can be part of my business. I can, you know, part of my business can be going and helping Beth with this work. In the meantime, I'm like, well, how do I make the strengths work and the Myers-Briggs and general coaching? And, you know, do I have to develop a program? Do I have to come up with something new? Do I have to invent the wheel again? You know, it's like, I can go and like, you know, pitch all of these things, but it always, it felt like pulling teeth. Felt very hard in a way that wasn't just about the effort. It just felt like it wasn't going anywhere. In the meantime, Beth said, you know, you can come and help me with all this stuff. So the retreat you and I went to, Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the retreat, I just realized that the only thing I wanted to do was this work with Beth. Hmm. You know, and I came home and I just organized a few things. I'm like, okay, if I, you know, take care of this expense and this, you know, recurring bill and, you know, slim some of these things down, I can make the leap. I can go over there. And so I, you know, just said to Beth, I said, if it helps build the business, if it helps grow the business, it makes sense. If it is just another burden and expense for the business, it doesn't make sense. Right. So let's look at it from how I can help you grow this. So I've been there since mid-June as a full-time employee. And she put me in charge of program and product development because I have that background. That's like my, you know, like my long career background. Mm -hmm. And I spend time in the classroom with her. We go and we coach people. We go and we teach the NCD materials. And we are, you know, we're kicking it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. It's like we get out of there and it's like, I feel like we're high-fiving each other all the time. Just like that went great. That went great. So I'm doing things like I'm also developing pilots for the material so that we can learn more about our customers. And I'm adding my, all of my talents and all my experience to it. So this feels really good. It feels really creative. It feels like I am fulfilling myself in a way that I have not been able to do professionally. I, I can't really think of a time that that it has been this good for me. I mean, it's like I feel very happy at work. And you actually, the job preceding this should have, by many people's standards, been that dream job that would have done that. So can we talk a little bit about where you were previous to this career? Just, just where, what's your comparison point? So my last gig was at Facebook. So at the time, Facebook was considered to be like, you know, top employer in the world. Like if you got a gig at Facebook, you have arrived. 
You were telling me about your first day there. It's yeah, pretty ridiculous. It was impressive. The onboarding that they go through to tell you about the business model, about your benefits, about all the things that are available to you. They take care of you in a number of ways that had been unprecedented for me, right? Just like they feed you all the time. You don't have to buy a meal while you're there. They'll do your dry cleaning. They'll even give you a lift to work, right? A bus will come and pick you up, including all of the kind of benefits that you'd hope you'd get really good healthcare benefits, dental benefits, vision benefits. There's a gym on site. There's a park on the roof of the building. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? It's really, it's, it's crazy. You were talking about the food thing. I mean, like they have like the food thing. Tell us, say a little more about that. That is crazy. Right. Well, so if you live in the Silicon Valley, it doesn't sound that unusual, but they have a, a chef, you know, that plans all the meals They have several cafes throughout the campus that all, you know, like fresh, organic, local as much as possible. Um, Micro kitchens that are stocked with every kind of snack you can think of going all the way from nut or butter cookies, my favorite, to (laughs) things like, you know, soy nuts and, you know, little seaweed snacks, like all this healthy stuff. You can be or as naughty as you want. There's an ice cream shop on campus that has like, really amazing ice cream and baked goods and I gained 20 pounds <laughs> so that's the food tell me about the job how you got welcomed into the job and how that went so I I mean it's like I was in my my old colleague from like seven years ago invited me to have lunch there and it was really, it was bizarre because it was the old Sun Microsystems campus. And the only thing that lets you know it's Facebook is that outside is the thumbs up, like a sign that's the thumbs up. And so, you know, I go in there and then like you pass by security and you go into what I can only describe as a world of pure imagination. Like, I mean, <laughs> seriously, Willy Wonka, um, like all kinds of art on the walls. And, you know, you can go out, you know, like the courtyard was designed by Disney Imagineers because Sheryl Sandberg's on the board of directors there. The buildings across the highway have a garden on the roof because it's like a a very eco-friendly building. So they have water reclamation that happens in this garden and it's, you know, airflow is used to cool the building. It's like this really inspirational, you know, beautiful architecture and so like I am there and like my eyes are just like dollars it's crazy um and and after I've been you know gone through onboarding my boss comes and gives me a hug and she says welcome home Mm. like oh my goodness like (laughs) how could I possibly work anywhere else but what I discovered is is that I what I I didn't discover is just how those things could not make up for the other things that I encountered on the job, which was like low emotional intelligence, a lack of empathy. And by the way, I'm only talking about my, the sphere that I worked in. I can't speak for all of Facebook. Right. Right. You know, in my own, my own job, I found that it was an error in thinking for me to take one job thinking I could leap into the job that I wanted Hmm. Um, I, I thought I would be able to 
go from uh, the technical job that I took, technical program management job, and to go into the world, the realm that I wanted to do, which was more in learning and development, coaching, you know, um, helping develop people. Because actually their strategy changed. So they didn't have any place for people like that. They had people to manage that part of the business, but they actually brought people in to do that. So you actually have a better job as a consultant there. So there wasn't actually a job for you? Not really. Not really. Mm -hmm. There was a job for me doing technical program management. And the things I encountered on my job left me like, okay, I'm not working in talent. I'm terribly bored with this. I hate data center work. You know, it's like I used to like it. I don't like it anymore. I had philosophical differences with the company, with who could speak on the platform, that they were not drawing a line in the sand with things like Holocaust denial. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's not a supposition. That was like, pu- that's published. Right. <laughs> you know, and so I had, you know, and like also I just did not feel intellectual and emotional safety there. So like there are four huge realms of my professional life that over the course of five years, my resilience just kept on getting chipped away. You actually referred to that as not being fed, which I just thought was a brilliant contrast to, you know, here's all this food, but here's all the ways in which your spirit, your your being was not being fed. Yeah, my professional uh, life there, it was it was just flatlining. Right. So all, even though I was doing all the things to try to bolster myself, right. I was well below baseline. Right. So I was, you know, like if you think of the baseline of like emotional health and mental health and just like feeling like, okay, I was dipping farther and farther, farther below it. And I was like, what is wrong with me? How could I feel this way when all I'm getting all of this stuff for free? How could I possibly feel like this? But these other areas were so poorly fed that my resilience just kept on slipping and slipping and slipping. And so like I was like trying to fill a bucket that had a hole in it the size of the Mariana Trench. You also mentioned that you experienced a really profound personal tragedy early on there and didn't get the kind of support that maybe would have helped you given that yeah. you were experiencing a lot of grief. So losing, you know, like my brother committed suicide like a month after I started and it set me back. Personally, I was set back because, you know, like uh, grief, you know, just made my brain shut down. Everything in my life was kind of shutting down. In the meantime, the juggernaut of my job continued to move forward and I was really surprised that when I got my first performance review that everybody looked at the requirements of my job but didn't really look at me the person mm-hmm. and why it would be why I would have a hard time onboarding and coming up to speed with this you know enormous tragedy and in, in, which included you know my own personal grief and helping my family navigate their grief Mm-hmm. Um, firsthand. So that, um, it disillusioned me quite a bit and I never really was able to bounce back for it. I, I could never like feel like anyone got that. 
Mm. So it never, you know, so it like, it never worked its way through my system until I actually left. Well, so when you actually left, what was it? Because I know you said you were hanging on. The benefits were great. The job is, it's it's a dream job, right? So you're staying. Yeah. Your mind is telling you to stay. When was the moment when you needed to go that you actually knew it? Like yeah. you consciously came to understand that this needs to happen. When was the aha moment? The aha, the aha moment. Well, I, I wanted to hang on because I wanted to get my sabbatical, right? So like that's a whole month in addition to vacation time that you can be out to pursue a project or take a vacation or climb Mount Everest, whatever it is you want to do. Right. So I wanted that month. So I was trying very hard to make it to that month, but so performance review came around. My old boss had rolled off the job and gave a pretty negative view of, of me to my new boss so I'm sitting in the performance review. We're doing it over teleconference. And they were telling me about how the mentoring program that I had built and the onboarding program I built was really good and that I had met all of, you know, like that was exactly what they expected from me. But because I didn't write enough reports on this other project, which compared to the other work that I did was like really minuscule, they were give, they were decrementing my... Uh, my performance review. And then they said, well, you know, we'll set a lot of goals for you this half. And if you make all those goals and get your performance to where they news be, it's like, you know, like in the meantime, I'm getting nauseous and I felt all of my blood go straight to my scalp and <laughs> I blew my stack literally oh. to the point where you know, <laughs> he got off the phone very quickly with me. Um, what what can they do, honestly, with that? And your body my, isn't even letting you. Your yeah, body, my body just was like, no freaking way are we doing this. My wife comes into the room. She's like, what happened? I could hear you through the wall. And I'm like, I need to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later, there is an email in my new boss's box saying, I need to resign. <laughs> <laughs> and after, you know, like my last day, I was, I just was, I, I immediately caught a cold after I sent that email. And so I wasn't in the office for the last two days, the last two weeks of my engagement there because <laughs> I was sick. I didn't get to say goodbye or have coffee with anyone or any of that business. And I kept getting sick for like two months afterwards. And like, I realized that down the road that I had been functioning under depression in that role for months and months and months. And it took me two full months just to get to baseline. Hmm. You mentioned something your sister had said. About uh, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that kind of made, and actually I think this is what prompted me to go into the program that you and I are both in. My sister and I went for a hike and she says, you know, you haven't been yourself since you started at Facebook. You're not the same optimistic, positive person that you used to be. 
And I said, why didn't you say something? She's like, I was just trying to support you. Mm. And it's so funny because it's like what a person, what somebody might think you need based on what you are telling, what you're presenting to them mm-hmm. can be so different than what you actually need. And I'm so glad that she finally said that to me because it was a wake up call. And I'm like, okay, I need, you know, it's like, this isn't just me feeling like I'm not succeeding. It's like, this is having an effect on the people around me. Even my sister, who I only get to see every couple months, could see it. And so in those two months where you were at home, sick, and I think the body stirs these things up. I mean, I've had that experience where like, it's like, I wrote about this in my book where I just kept saying, please, body, will you keep going? Please, will you do this thing? Please, will you do it? And my body just kept saying, okay, I will do it. But afterwards, my body just goes, and now we are done. And so it sounds yeah. like that's what happened. Like your body was like, okay, whoomph. So and my body's like, okay, you're going to lay in bed and watch cartoons for two months. No, you don't get to go out and garden. No, you don't get to go and try to make business connections. No, you don't get to do any of that. You are just going to stay at home and not do stuff, right? <laughs> and what was your, I mean, was your wife scared or, or was she okay with that? <laughs> She was, so, you know, we've been through periods of time when, you know, it's like, I used to be a consultant. And so, you know, a job would end and I'm like, okay, I've got a few months on my hands, but it was always fine. Right. This is the first time I said, I'm not, I'm just like, please let me try to figure this out. Let me, and she was, you know, once the decision was made, I was amazed at how courageous she was. Because mm. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. I'm sorry. And I was like, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's like, you know, this is going to take some time. And I want you to be happy. She mm. was brave. Yeah. I see you just kind of misting up even thinking about that. You know, I mean, I she... You've talked about her enough that I know she's an amazing woman, but I think it's, you go through an experience like that and you really know who is there for you and who is not. Yeah. It's a, I, I just, she was, she's the one who needed those Facebook benefits Mm. for her health problems. Mm. So the fact that she was able to, to be that, be there for me in that way, that's really amazing. Yeah. That was really cool. Thank you for letting that be part of this. So so you're sitting in bed and you mentioned that it was really stressful. You mentioned apologizing. You mentioned that you're doing a lot of mindset work and 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 exploring all these feelings of guilt and shame and all this stuff and you mentioned perseverating. Yeah. Yeah. Perseverating, right? The, that persistent thought that I had this persistent thought when I was at Facebook of like, how can I make things better? Right. How can I make things better? You know, and it's like, you know, all the stuff that you do to try to make yourself feel better, right? Oh, I've done that. <laughs> right? Like, I need to eat more green vegetables. I need to do more yoga and take more walks and all that, you know, healthy stuff that you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to be more mindful. 
meditate. Make sure I get those two sessions in every day. Get those in. All that Think stuff. Happy thoughts too, right? Think yeah, lots of happy, happy thoughts. thoughts. Got to be positive. <laughs> Think positive thoughts. And so, you know, and not so much even the positive thoughts. It's just kind of like I am trying to get my body chemistry back online so that maybe my brain starts to function better. And in the meantime, every morning, it's like, how the hell am I going to make this work? How am I going to make this work? There are ways that you're supposed to kind of frame how you look at it. But it's like there, it's like another mountain to climb. It's another desert to cross to get to that place. And there was like just somehow in the middle of it, I stopped thinking those things. I stopped having those climbing a mountain, crossing a desert thoughts. And I would start thinking like, I wonder what I'm going to do today. I wonder what I'm going to do. I think I'll make some coffee and maybe I'll make some breakfast for us. And I'm going to take a hike because I can do that. I can go take a hike. And I think you have to give yourself that downtime and that time to just decompress and to mourn. There's those levels of mourning. Like there's your brother that you didn't mourn fully. Yeah. There's the former self that you lost along the way. There's all that stuff to feel. I feel like those stories come up because there's something there still to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then there is that place at which you don't need to keep telling those stories to yourself because that part of you has been heard and you have been filled up in some small way. And then you're able to actually see these incredible opportunities in front of you. Like this job that you were able to say, that's the job I want. Right. (laughs) And you can actually ask for it, right? You know what to ask for. Like, I don't think at Facebook, it sounds like you would have even known what you were supposed to ask for because they were not in the position to give it to you, despite all the wonderful Disney stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Working at Disneyland was not going to ever fill my bucket. I was never going to get to do the work that excited me. And that was really hard to, to swallow. I'm like, seriously, in this company where 90% of the people were hired after I was hired, there is not a role that I can really just embrace and feel like I'm, I'm contributing. And so I made a lot of that mean something about me. Mm-hmm. about my capabilities, about my value, about my worth. But after, you know, I put some distance between me and them mm-hmm. and got enough cartoon watching and hiking under my belt, I could finally realize what felt good. And Beth invited me out to go and do a training with her And I just remembered at the end of the day how happy I was and how I felt like we had connected to our, you know, our clients and we had, we were in sync working together. And I'm like, this is all I want to do. This is what I want to do. And, you know, Carrie's like, I don't know why you aren't asking for a job. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ask that for a job. (laughs) God bless the people around us who tell us the things that we aren't seeing. (laughs) Yeah, just ask her for a job. After like a month, she, you know, made me an offer and I was just elated. Mm. I was so excited. And I realized that my excitement wasn't because I had been asked to dance by like the most prestigious company on the planet, but because I had been invited to do work that was meaningful. That sounds like a nice place to end. It is. Thanks for listening to Courageous Wordsmith. Today's episode featured Sasha Mobley. You can read about her and find links in the show notes. And if you enjoy this podcast, you can help it thrive and grow organically. Please subscribe right on this page, share with friends, and sign up for True Lines, my letter for real-life creatives. Please and thank you for your support of all kinds. You can learn more about me and my offers for writers at CourageousWordsmith.com. I'm Amy Halberg, and until we meet again, travel safely.